This episode of Adulthood Made Easy is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. And by Audible. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free 30-day trial at www.audible.com easy. to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. Everyone has heard of the digital detox, but no one really knows how to do it. Do I trade in my phone for a flip phone? Do I only check my phone one time a day? Do I just turn everything silent? And how is that even practical when everyone else is so deep into technology too? For the next two weeks, I'm looking at efforts people have made to unplug, and I'm starting today with one that I thought was totally impossible, signing off of your email. Lindsay Stanberry is the senior editor of Work and Money at Refinery29, and she completely turned off and stopped using her personal and work emails for a week. As someone who checks email 24-7 and works tirelessly towards inbox zero— I'm really excited to talk to Lindsay and see how she did it. And luckily, I have her in the studio today. Welcome, Lindsay. Hey, Sam. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And we were just talking about, you did this experiment in December. Yes. So I was able to reach you by email yes, I'm now. Back. I'm back on email. So, I mean, let's let's get right into why you did this. You work at Refinery29, which is a digital company. Yeah. December is peak holiday time, which is... For many media companies, I mean, I know for Real Simple is like basically my version, our version of the Super Bowl. It's like holiday time for lifestyle magazines and websites is time to talk about Christmas cookies and lights and everything. So why now? I mean, why then? Why did you choose <laughs> why it? then? My editor shared an article with me that was in the New York Times by this writer, Tony Schwartz. Yes. And in it, there was a stat that said the average white collar worker spends six hours a day on email. And I was shocked. And then I wasn't surprised at all because I easily spend six hours a day on email and I hate email. So I jokingly suggested to my boss that I try it for a week. No email. And I didn't think she would say yes. <laughs> and then she came back and she was like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And Famous last words. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like immediately nauseous because I was like, how am I actually going to do my job without email? Right. And I told my husband about it, and he was super against it because we email a lot and talk on Gchat all day long. So did email include—that's one of my questions. Yes. Email included no Gchat. No Gchat. Anything—well, I had access to my Google Calendar because okay. I think I love my Google Calendar more than I love my email and depend on that's it more. Fair. So I didn't give that up. I actually bookmarked it so I wouldn't have to go through my Gmail. Yeah. And I still had access to Google Docs mm -hmm. and a couple of the project management programs we use at Refinery. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't use Gchat because I couldn't access it through Gmail. Oh, I see. So that's what I'm kind of finding as I'm reading about people who have picked up technology to give up is it's a really a, a layered problem. And it's like once you realize you're giving up email, you're like, oh, well, I also have to give up this. And how do I give it up on my phone? And how do I fix all the layers that email affect? Like, did, did you realize how many places email penetrated in your life? I had no idea. Yeah. 
and it was really scary taking it off my phone. You just I, deleted it? Uh, you can turn it off so oh, it doesn't okay. delete completely. It's mm-hmm. just not there and it doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. But it was really liberating, that like moment on Sunday. I got up on Sunday morning the day I started the experiment and I got my inbox down to zero, which it's never at zero. That's really impressive. <laughs> and then I turned all the email off and I went for a run and it was like, I'm free. Yeah. But then, like, almost immediately, I missed it. So that's what I liked. So you have this essay up on Refinery29 about how you turned off your email and it made you happier. But what I liked about it was you definitely admitted that, like, you missed your email. And the challenge wasn't, like, some kind of transformative experience where you were suddenly centered and present and mindful. Like, no, it's okay to say that I really like my email. I really like checking my email. I really missed it. It was super annoying not to have it. Like, that's how I felt. Yeah, it was super annoying not to have it. And at first, it was nice. And I definitely got a lot of work done. And it was good to be focused on writing and editing. You know, when you do creative pursuits, being distracted every five minutes by your email buzzing is really doesn't help you get work done. Yeah. It's super frustrating. But there was also lots of stuff I was missing out on, and I definitely felt a lot of, like, FOMO, which is right. I wasn't expecting. Right. I mean, something I think about is is how many times I get people now send paperless, you know, paperless post invites. So it's it's not all bad. Like, sometimes it's spam email that you're like, I wish I didn't have to read this. But sometimes it's someone wrote something and they want to share it with you or someone sent you an invite and you're like, oh, I missed that. Yeah. I did miss a party invite, which I was a little disappointed about. Mm-hmm. Though, to be fair, I worked with that person. She knew I wasn't checking email that week. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I think that we work in a big open office at Refinery, and it's great, and I love being around all these people. But we often don't talk to each other. You know, mm-hmm. I'll G-chat with my boss sitting two desks away from me mm-hmm. um, instead of standing up and talking to people. Or I'll send an email, and you find that it goes around and around and around, and it takes a lot longer than if you just got up from your desk and had a five-minute conversation with that person to resolve the issue. Yeah, that makes total sense. So let's start with your work, the work, giving up the work email, which you've already started touching on. So you told everyone, how did you set it up? I didn't tell everyone. Okay. I told, well, my boss came up with the idea, and then I told my boss's boss. Mm -hmm. So I told the editor-in-chief and a couple of other people so that they would know why I wasn't answering their emails. Mm -hmm. Because that made me really nervous. You don't want the owner of the company emailing you and not being able to get you when they need you. Um, That would would be bad. (laughs) Yeah. And then I told a few of my writers that I knew I'd be working with to send me Google Docs because I had access to that so I could still work with them. And then I didn't really tell anybody else because I really wanted to see what people's reactions would be when they received my out of office. Would Mm -hmm. they call me? Would they just not get in touch at all? So I wanted there to be a little bit of element of surprise. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't seem to be a good idea to tell everyone I knew I was doing this. And that seems to make it more organic too. Like then it's really will people call me or will it resolve on its own? Like how much do – how important am I to this particular task? Yeah. And I, I like that. I think that's really interesting. And it's funny, before, I didn't even have a phone at Refinery until last year. Okay. So, like, I, for a long time, was without a phone. 
And I, so I had to learn how to what my voicemail password was. And I had to set up an away message on the phone. And it was like these little things that, you know, I probably should have done years ago, but mm-hmm. I was finally taken care of. You mean a work phone? Yeah, a work okay. phone. Yeah, I have no idea what my voicemail pass- right? password is. <laughs> like if, if a number comes through and I don't know it, I don't even answer. Yeah. And I'm sure that sometimes it's people who I probably really should talk to. But I'm always like, oh, they'll email me. They'll, but is that better? I, it's up in the air. Yeah. So you mentioned, speaking of the phone, that you kind of refell in, we talked before, and you kind of refell in love with the phone. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, I just think it's so convenient. It's so nice. I wouldn't want it ringing all day long every day, and I right. imagine that it could be as annoying as email. But there were a lot of times when publicists called during the week and we resolved an issue way faster. It's like the face-to-face interaction with my coworkers. Mm-hmm. We just got it done immediately without a thousand emails back and forth. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I don't reply to emails because I get so busy, especially publicity emails. So Mm -hmm. this seemed to like make it faster. I say this now and now I'm going to get so many phone calls from (laughs) publicists. I know. We're going to just put your phone number right in the show notes. We'll be like, call her now. Call me anytime. (laughs) No, but that makes, I mean, the amount of times that I was able to call friends or talk to my editor if we have a face-to-face meeting, I always leave that conversation feeling better, feeling more confident than I do after, like, a few G-chats or something like that. Right? I think that you you get a lot more done, and everybody sort of understands what's going on when you see each other face-to-face, or you're talking over the phone in a different way. That tone sort of gets lost in translation with email. Mm-hmm. So, t- so it sounds great, and obviously were like, oh, I want to use the phone and things like that. But I know that you sort of hit a wall. And at one point you were like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So what did that feel like? And what, what did you miss the most? I don't, I don't really know where it came from. It was very weird. I was out at an event and I was by myself. And I went to get into a cab to go home. And all I wanted to do was check my email. And it like hit me this like overwhelming wave of sadness. Mm-hmm. And I texted my boss and I said, I really just want to check my email. And she wrote back and she's like, no, you have to stay strong. And I just, I can't even, even now I don't really know what that feeling was. Mm -hmm. I think it was the disconnectedness. I think it was like being out and being by myself. And the phone provides the sort of security blanket these Mm -hmm. days. And the email is, you know, my lifeline to the rest of the world. Yeah. I mean, that was something that struck me was like, we kind of use email and our phones in a bigger sense as a crutch, like as a way to... You know, before when you were waiting for me to come grab you from the lobby, like you could scroll through your phone and me when I'm sitting on the subway, like I don't look as alone because I'm like with my phone. It's weird. Yeah. And it's so true, right? Mm -hmm. I think that it it makes us feel more important almost. Yeah. Like like we're connected, like we're not, yeah, by ourselves. And before it's like you'd want to go with a friend to an event. But now it's like as long as I can look at Instagram and check my email and email someone, it's like I have a friend there. Yeah, you're not all by yourself. So, you know, I made myself talk to a stranger and I couldn't find my PR contact. It turned out that she wasn't even attending the party and I had missed that email. You know, it was fine. And I powered through. And actually the next morning, because I wake up every morning and I check my email. It's the first thing I do when I wake up. I Mm -hmm. turn off the alarm and I check my email. And so by Wednesday, I started the experiment on Sunday. And by Wednesday, I wasn't rolling over and checking my email first thing. I was doing other things. And that felt really nice. And I want to hear more about how this kind of bled into your personal life. But first, a word from our sponsor. 
If you're trying to learn how to be an adult like me, you've probably realized that you need a website, a place to host your work and act as a digital portfolio. But if you're also anything like me, you don't know how to code and you don't know how to create a website. Luckily, there's Squarespace. Their sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level, and there is zero coding required. Their tools are easy to use and super intuitive, and if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain. That's professional. You can start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code REALSIMPLE to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. We're back with Lindsay, and before the break, you mentioned you're not rolling over to check your phone anymore, which is something I do every morning. I check email. I check Twitter. If I got texts over the night, I check that. What was it like to not have your phone be the first thing you connect with in the morning? I think it was kind of like freeing and relaxing, and I definitely felt more creative that week. Um, And while I didn't get all the writing done that I hoped, I definitely got a lot of editing done and felt more focused on my job in a different way since I wasn't checking email all the time. I mean, did it help with your work-life balance? Like, did it help you be more present at home? Because you also gave up personal email. So I'm just curious, like, what it was like at 9 o'clock at night. Like, did you feel like you could engage more at home? Yeah, I think that, yeah, definitely. Okay. And, you know, I was reading books more, which I often use time on the subway to check email and I'm not reading. And I think especially on the weekends when it was full days Mm -hmm. without email, those were the best. And somebody asked me yesterday, you know, who emails you on weekends? And I couldn't answer that question. I Mm -hmm. am not even sure that I've gotten a pressing email on a weekend in months. Mm -hmm. So it made me really think, like, why – if I can't cut this out entirely and I don't want to cut this out entirely during the work week, maybe there's some way to cut back significantly on the weekends. Right. I mean, I think that that's, to me, was one of the things that stuck out, too, was that, like, how much time I spend on the weekends unnecessarily checking email. Like, yeah. my boss isn't sending me emails that are pressing, but just seeing the little red bubble pop up yeah. makes me feel like it's pressing. What did you learn about about the import, what was important to you? Well, I I think that once everyone saw the out-of-office message, they knew immediately if they needed me to come and get me. And mm-hmm. so it really – I didn't miss anything super important. That's good. I missed a couple of big announcements, and there were some things where people would start a conversation talking about an email. And I was like, but I didn't get the email. Can you mm-hmm. back up a little bit and tell me the context? But uh, truthfully – you know, I didn't get in, you know, there was no interview coming in for Hillary Clinton or like some mm-hmm. amazing opportunity. I, somebody said, like, what if you win a prize and you don't know about it and you don't claim it in time? But that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I and even with friends these days, I don't write personal emails to friends so often anymore mm-hmm. because I'm so bogged down with work emails. And if my friends need me, they text me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give up text messages. I'm not sure I could do that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, what what is the most important thing to us? I was thinking about it too, and I think I I think I could give up texting before I could give up email. Interestingly really? enough, only because I also get a lot of news that way. Like I don't know if you subscribe to a lot of newsletter. Yeah. I get Refinery Twenty Nine's newsletters, <laughs> yeah. so those come in all the time. Yeah. And even though they all kind of sometimes they all sort of have the same links mm-hmm. or something like that. I get a lot of news that way, or like appointment reminders that way. It's true. Well. The- 
still had access to the calendar, so that right. helped. Right. You know, it's funny with newsletters. I'm really addicted to Fortune's broadsheet email. I love that one too. And you can actually access on that that online without having getting the email. So every morning I googled that so I could read it online because I agree I couldn't. I don't think I could start my day without that. I mean, being a journal, I mean, other industries are different, but you and I are both in the media journalism industry. Like, you need to still stay up. Yeah. That's, that's part of the job. You need yeah. to stay up to date on the news. But if you're not checking your email, you have time to, like, actually read the New York Times and, you know, read the front page and get caught up that way. So that's true. Or spend a little extra time on Facebook, which is almost like a news feed these days, too. That's true. I mean, I, I'm very guilty of, like, opening a newsletter, reading the headlines of the links, and then being too overwhelmed to actually click one. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like the paradox of choice. I'm like, I have 18 newsletters, and then I end up reading none of them. Yeah. I don't know if most people feel like this, but I also find that I use email as a way to, like, productively procrastinate. Mm-hmm. So there will be times during the day where I don't feel like doing something that's really pressing, so I answer and read emails. Mm-hmm. And so it was weird not having that kind of outlet. Yeah. Another sort of crutch, like another way that email sort of acts as a crutch for like putting things off in yeah. a way. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I'm doing something, I'm answering emails. Right. If some, yeah, if you say you're dealing with your inbox, people are like, oh, please, yeah, go go for yeah. it. Go on. Totally. And you mentioned this a little bit, but I'm curious how it affected other coworkers. I mean, did they feel more connected to you? Did they like it? Were pe- did some people get annoyed? Like, how did it trickle down? You know, it was funny. One editor was, like, really upset. She was like, oh. it's going to make me so – it makes me so anxious that you're doing this. And I'm like, but it's my experiment. Yeah. She's like, I keep thinking about everything you're missing. And then I got a lot of people that said, you're so brave, which I'm <laughs> like, I'm just not checking email. Let it go. <laughs> it's not bravery. And a lot of people who said, I'm so jealous. I wish I could do that. And then it sort of all came to a head on Thursday when I was dealing – where I put something off. I hadn't dealt with an email before I signed off. And one of our publicists, who's really lovely, was sort of upset with me because I hadn't taken care of something. Mm -hmm. And so it landed on her plate. And I felt really bad because I didn't want this experiment to negatively affect and impact my coworkers. Mm -hmm. And I had thought I had, you know, crossed all my T's and dotted my I's and taken care of everything, but there was this one thing outstanding. And so after that happened, it kind of like, I I just kind of got tired of it. I was like kind of over the experiment. I was ready to just go back to checking email and get my life back in order and, and feel more normal, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to hear kind of how you're using your email and technology today, a month later. But first, we'll have a word from our sponsors. I love to read. I mean, I have a bookcase at home that's filled. The problem is I live in New York, so I spend a lot of time walking and, you know, you can't really read on the go. Luckily, there's Audible. So right now I'm reading or rather listening to Gloria Steinem's new memoir, My Life on the Road. And as a bonus, not only can I listen to it on Audible, but Gloria Steinem is literally reading it to me as I walk to work, which I find incredible. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products, so you're guaranteed to find whatever book is on your list. Users can sign up as an Audible listener, which gives them book credits each month for a really low monthly fee. And you can download your choices. You can have it on your iPhone, your Android device, your Kindle, your iPod, or any other MP3 player. Adulthood Made Easy listeners can sign up for a free 30-day trial today by going to audible.com easy. 
That's audible.com slash easy. We're back with Lindsay. So you mentioned before the break, you kind of got over the experiment because it was negatively affecting people. But I guess I'm curious, I'm sure you've covered for people before and, and taken on responsibilities before. Like, how does it help you now, as now that you're back on email, to understand what is urgent, what needs immediate responding? If I didn't follow up to this email immediately, is it really that big of a deal? Like, how has it helped you use your email today? It it definitely has made me more conscious about trying to answer emails and keep my inbox under control. And honestly, I... It, and that didn't make it into the final article, but I was still replying to emails from that. In the end, I had over 1,300 emails wow. to reply to. Although when all is said and done, I think it was probably only 300 from mm-hmm. real people and not like <laughs> newsletters and alerts and calendar right. updates and all of that stuff. So it took almost a month for me to actually answer all those emails. Like, wow. it, like Jan 4, I went back to work and I was desperately trying to finish the last of those, like, outstanding emails. But were all of them emails that, like, really required your input and response, or were were some of them things that, like, had kind of resolved themselves and, like, maybe it would have helped for you to respond at the time, but it sort of ended up being okay? Yeah, I I definitely think that there are some of those. And the things that really needed responses, people called or people came over and talked to me. Mm -hmm. So none of that was so pressing. It was more like, I have this idea and it's really fantastic. And I didn't have time to respond to say, yes, it's a fantastic idea or no, that's not something I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a lot of the less pressing stuff that always seems to get lost for me. That makes sense. And I'm also curious... Since we mentioned you weren't rolling over to check your email in the morning, how did that affect how you dealt with technology in general? Because to me, it would be kind of a domino effect. If I didn't need to check my email in the morning, then I wasn't reaching for my phone, so then I wasn't checking Instagram as often. And so I wasn't – because I didn't have the draw of email, I wasn't doing all the other apps. Did it have that? I still still still, checked everything? I still definitely had like a phone addiction. And I think it probably would be interesting to do an experiment where you just didn't have your phone for a week. Yeah. We use this. Oh, my God. That would be horrible. Right? Wouldn't it be really hard? (laughs) That would be terrible. (laughs) We use this program called Slack, which is like a chat program. Mm -hmm. And you can have that app on your phone. And so I ended up downloading it and and still use it so much more now. And actually, that was kind of a, a life changer for me because... I, I'm not sure I would have ever gotten around to downloading the app otherwise, but now I can chat with my coworkers anywhere, and it's kind of fantastic. And it reduces the amount of time you have to spend in, like, reply all chains? Yes, exactly, okay. which is nice. But on the other hand, it's like I am still have my phone in hand frantically tapping replies. Even right. if it's not in an email, it is still, you know, my phone is still attached to me. I think what I'm learning from all of these stories of unplugging is that even if you can't drop your phone altogether, it at least makes you more aware of how much you're using it. And that way, when you really need know you need to be present somewhere, like at a family function or at a, catching up with a friend, like you're more aware, I would think, or I am more aware to really say, the phone's going away, the phone's going in my purse, I'm turning it on silent. Yeah. I don't want it to interfere. Yeah, absolutely. And even before this experiment, my husband and I, when we sit down to dinner at night, we don't have devices at the table. That's always been something really important to us. And mm-hmm. I don't like to have computers in the bedroom at night before we go to bed. You know, there is that certain amount of like, okay, there needs to be a little bit of divide. There needs to be time when we're not 
checking email. It seems like I would even recommend people just kind of take like a digital assessment of their lives. Like, do I keep my phone next to my pillow? Like, can I move it five feet to the left? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, I realized walking over here for people in New York, it's been frigid this week, like so cold, so horrible. And I'll feel my phone buzz in my pocket. I'll be all bundled up and I'll feel my phone buzz in my pocket and I'll like risk frostbite on my fingers because I feel like I need to answer my phone. I'll take it out of my pocket, take off my super warm glove. And I'm like, this is nuts. Yeah. This is nuts. It's freezing out. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll just, my fingers will fall off, but I just want to see what this text says. Like you just need to kind of look at everything, I would think, and say, what can I change? It's true. So... Yeah, I I think the biggest takeaway I, I had was how much I like this face to face interaction and yeah. and talking to my colleagues and and not not even on Slack, not even on GChat, not even on on email. You know, taking time to actually have conversations with them I think is key, especially since we're in such an open plan office and it's not hard to turn around and say, "Hey, I have this idea. I read something that you wrote and it's awesome." You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing that open plan offices? are still so quiet. So quiet. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people will say, like, I can't get any work done. It's loud. But if you think about it, really, it's really not that loud, considering we could all be meeting together all the time. Yeah. And we don't. We just moved to an open plan office at Real Simple. And although people will say that I talk a lot, (laughs) I'm sure, (laughs) I don't talk as much as I could. I really do G-chat a lot. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, I think that is a great takeaway. And I, too, I mean, I'm so glad that you came into the studio today. Uh, I even feel like I got to know you better by looking at you and talking to you versus if we'd had you call in or something like that. Yeah, it was great. I had a really nice time. I'm glad I answered your email. Yes, exactly. And people can actually read about your whole experiment on Refinery.com. I stopped doing this at work, and I was so much happier. It's how to stop checking email on Refinery29, and we'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes so listeners can click that and read all about it. And thank you so much, Lindsay. I really appreciate your face-to-face time today. It was great. I had a great time. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at Sam's Bell, and I'll add them to my list. I'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel, and our engineer, Kristen Meinzer. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to review and subscribe on iTunes and grab a copy of the book that has all the answers, The Real Simple Guide to Real Life, which you can get wherever books are sold. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time. Music